0: Good morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida.
3: And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network. It's August 8th, episode 2992, brought to you today by the World Equestrian Center. Good morning, horse people. I have good news and bad news for you on this Monday morning. First, the bad. It's Monday.
1: But the good news is really good.
3: Jamie and Glenn are here to guide you through another week. Filled with horse talk and a whole lot of fun. Welcome to Horses
1: in the Morning.
0: Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. I can't believe that next week, this time, I'll be driving. Heading out to uh, your place and then Texas. It'd come up pretty quick. And also... On today's show, we're going to hear about Jamie's new four-legged gift. (laughs) Jerry McNutt talks about his film called Somehow Hopeful, The Story of a Woodsman. And we have some equine news and some equestrian first world problems all on today's show. Well, the World Equestrian Games is going on, at least the new version of the World Equestrian Games. It's called the World Championships. And the FEI Dressage World Championships happened over the weekend. And Denmark took the team gold. British uh, came in there in second, and they were pretty happy with that, apparently. And the Germans in third. So, I, I you know, when I look at those and look at the dressage teams that have won over the years, that doesn't... Not too surprising there. Now, one good thing happened for the U.S. team is they came in sixth. And you're saying, well, why is sixth good when they were hoping for a podium finish? It's because the top six teams qualified for the next Olympic Games. So if we had come in seventh, we wouldn't have sent a team to the Olympics. So we still get to send a dressage team to the Olympics. And also our friends in Sweden and the Netherlands came in fourth and fifth. And all of those uh, countries get to send teams to the Olympics. And next Olympics, any guess? Do you know? Do I
3: know where it is? Uh, Is it in L.A.?
0: Paris, next one.
3: Paris. And then uh, L.A.
0: And then L.A. Yep. Uh, So vaulting is also happening right now. Um, They're finishing up with the team, I think, today and then continuing individuals. And then eventing and driving happen in September, September 15th through the 25th. Uh, That's when they happen. So there you go. There's your update on what's going on with the new version of the World Equestrian Games. And no, Samantha and I didn't do a special show for it.
3: Well, it wouldn't be the World Equestrian Games podcast,
0: would it? Yeah, it wouldn't be. And they, and it used to be the World Equestrian Games were all in one place, all at one time. Now they're spreading it out. And it would have just been harder to cover. So that's, that's one of the reasons we didn't. Plus, I have enough to do. I don't need that. Of Denmark, one of our listeners from Denmark, or one of our auditors. It's her birthday today, Tanya's birthday. Thank you for listening. And Shelly, also, it is her birthday today. We also had a new auditor, Debbie Payne. Thank you so much, Debbie, for joining and for helping support the Horse Radio Network and the hosts here. We really appreciate it. If you would like your name mentioned next week, become an auditor. Plus, Auditors get, let me remind you that auditors get to watch our 3000th episode on Facebook Live. We're only streaming it to the auditor room. So you have to be an auditor to be able to see us goof around and do our 3000th episode in Jamie's. Dining room, living room—I don't know wherever we're, we're going to do it at Jamie's I might house. Put you in the garage. <laughs> we, might be, we might do it outside. We don't know. So uh, uh, I do know there's going to be somebody joining us for that that you're going to want to see. So become an auditor today, and uh, for as little as three dollars a month, go to horseradio and click on the auditor banner.
3: couple daily winnies for you one is to you i love facebook memories no it's not um but i got a facebook memory about today is the anniversary for the horse radio network 14 years ago you started the horse radio network
0: oh my god you're right we did start it in august
3: Yep. It was today because a bunch of people shared it. Yep. It was today. Congratulations.
0: Happy anniversary. (laughs) That's a long time. I've been in this job a long time. And thanks to Helena, too. We have to throw her in there because she's the one that started the first show with me. So, wow. Well, thank you for that. Now I you know, remember. What's,
3: what's also funny <laughs> is that I looked back because there's a, the post that you posted and tagged me in was a picture of you, a picture of me and a horse, and then a picture of me, Monty and Debbie, and then a picture of the infamous photo. When we first started this gig, we went to the Kentucky Horse oh, Park yeah. and did a photo shoot. Okay. This backstory here. Samantha and did we,
0: it, if you remember right. Samantha uh, yeah. did the
3: photo shoot. Yeah. I had great hair, um, <laughs> and you were less gray. So I was a lot less start, gray. <laughs> we we did it, and we walked around, we took pictures in front of the Men of War statue. We took pictures in front of many different, like, iconic things. We got to meet um, all, the horses in the Hall of Champions. Like, it was awesome. We got to see, I believe it was Curlin. No, not Curlin. Uh,
0: no, um, we got our picture uh, taken Farm with... Row. Barbaro. yes, Barbaro.
3: So, not yep. Barbaro. God, I'm gonna get it here, and it's gonna come back to me. Not Barbara, duh. So we also took this picture. They had these. They have these little like donkey
0: statues. <laughs> I have not posted people. that in a while. <laughs>
3: yeah, don't. So it's a it's a metal donkey statue, and Glenn thought it would be hilarious. It was hilarious <laughs> for him to sit on the donkey statue, and for me to look like I'm pulling it, and for Jen to look like she's pushing. It. <laughs>
0: And it was a really cute picture. That's really funny.
3: Oh, dear God. The backlash of this photo, you guys. So we had people from all over the world. I'm looking. I'm having to hit translate on the comments in French. Like, uh, let's see this one. This is pathetic and shameful. Like people that poor donkey. How dare you sit on that thing? Like it's a statue. (laughs) But we can't share that photo anymore because literally we were, like, shared all over the place for being so cruel, too. And that is just the power of social media for you, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen.
0: Oh, and I probably—I think we had a comment or two about it being sexist, too, because I was on the donkey you were pulling and she was pushing
3: Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I bet we did. I mean, it's crazy. It it was it was so and people. And then all these other people were like, it's a metal statue. Like, they're like, they are so horrible. Do you guys are way too fat to be on that dog. No, uh, but yeah, it was pretty funny. It so, was one of the
0: funniest pictures we took. And every time I post, I posted it just to antagonize people sometimes.
3: Yeah, and we get those that.
0: comments every time.
3: Every time,
0: so and that a, for, that I'm goes not. for the statue maker. You did a great job because yeah, it looks real. Well done. <laughs> All right, you have another one. I have a second one. Oh, do you want to do you want to play it again? Well, here, let's make more horses mad in the barns around. <laughs> <laughs>
3: And now the mares are looking for their foals. <laughs> <laughs> we have been getting an influx of complaints regarding the people that are blasting our show in their barn. Hi, everybody. Mucking stalls right now. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, I love that. playing
0: that and getting your horses involved in the show. I think it's wonderful.
3: Boy, they can get so freaked out by it, though. <laughs> Jeez. Remember that app that was like the winnie to get your horse's oh, ears oh, up? ears yeah, up. Yeah. Oh, it's
0: I could play, play this alone. Horse- this will get a horse's going. <laughs> There, that
3: kind of nobody's gonna listen to us anymore. You gotta <laughs> stop it. Uh, my daily Winnie also goes out to let's see, it's a co- it's a collection of people. One to Brenna Starch, two Chad, and three, Lucas. So Brenna, how is she involved in this? A listener and an auditor. I was how is say, she? She's involved? an auditor. Yeah. Yes.
0: I don't and know. So she
3: sent me some photos are tagged me in a post of some baby basset hounds on Facebook.
0: Nope, nope.
3: <laughs> And I was like,
0: you guys oh, have to stop enabling Jamie.
3: <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, that's the cutest thing I've ever you seen. You need to and stop. <laughs> I've, I've always wanted a Basset Hound puppy, but I've never had one because I'm like, we, we just rescue them. I'm on my third rescue Basset. The first one I found a shot. The second one came from a high kill shelter and the third came from horse and hound. So I I've ha- I've, have I've a lot of senior Bassets that I've acquired throughout my life, but I've never even touched a Basset Hound puppy okay so she sent me this post of this she tagged me and I was like oh my god Chad look at these puppies they're so cute you know and like I just was going on about them and I guess he just took that to heart and he and Lucas found a basset hound breeder here in Moore Oklahoma and put me in the car and drove me to the house and had me pick one out oh my god Can
0: you believe it
3: what (laughs) That just happened. Like, Lucas keeps going, I can't believe Dad, let us get a puppy. I can't believe Dad. (laughs) I can't
0: either, to be honest, Lucas.
3: (laughs) He did that. That was his idea. He's like, I can't believe Dad. He wants to to take like a
0: three-month golf trip, doesn't he? Oh, probably. <laughs>
3: Babe, you've involved your planned. I don't know about. <laughs> oh
0: my! By god, the way, yes. I will post. It, it will be the picture for today's show. If you go to the website, uh, and also you can go to Jamie's page to see that It is the cutest puppy in ever. Oh my god! The oh my nose. Guys.
3: <laughs> he is his ears. I picked the one with the longest ears in the whole thing that was like, like he crawled halfway up on Lucas, like from the ground, climbed in his lap, and fell asleep halfway up his leg. It was awesome. I'm going to knock on
0: wood because every other Basset Hound you've gotten, I think we even did a fundraiser for one of them, has cost you a fortune because they were all rescues and all had issues. Let's hope this, this one is <laughs> – I hope so. The
3: second one was the one we did the fundraiser for because he was going to – I mean, he was – oh, God.
0: He had everything. I, mean,
3: I think we – all the fundraising, I still – it been five to six times that much. You know, it didn't matter, but Lucky was the greatest dog of all time. So I picked a boy who looked the most like him.
0: So did so, we have a name yet for this cute little? And by the way, he looks to be about six weeks old, huh?
3: He is exactly six weeks yeah. old. So usually the breeders like him to leave at eight weeks, but they'd already weaned him at four because I guess she had so many of them. She'd like eight.
0: And she's uh, like, I don't have that much down there for everybody. He, get him off of like, me. <laughs>
3: well, we need to keep him to get him socialized. And I'm like, we have four dogs. It's fine. He'll be socialized. And so they let us take him home. And uh, yeah, oh, my God, he's so stinking cute. So we decided we were trying to come up with names because hound names can be either very funny or kind of boring. So Lucas named Bella, our current Basset Hound, Chad named Lucky, our last Basset Hound. And my brother named my first Basset Hound because I brought her home and she had like the cone of shame on, you know, and he's like, that's the most ridiculous looking dog <laughs> I've ever seen. And so we named her Riddy So I've never named a bassadown. And I was like, dang it, I am naming this one. This one is, and they, they keep coming up with names and they can't with the name, the Hulk. We got to call him the Hulk. <laughs> the It'll be Hulk. so funny. You know, I'm like, no. And then I was like, I like Wesley. And then Chad liked Flash from, you know, the see, Dukes no of funny. Hazzard. Oh,
0: okay. Gotcha. Yep.
3: And then I was like, we need to come up with like an old man name. That would be like ironic. And I like Dwayne. I was like, Dwayne the Rock John. Like, he doesn't look it up. Like, he's ridiculous. And so I came up with that one. And then I came up with Arnold, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. And we finally settled on what potentially could be the greatest Bassett Hound name for this dog of all time. His name is Homer. <laughs> <laughs> Homer! Homer, stop biting my finger!
0: Homer! Which, by the way, was my grandfather's name. See, it's like his first name is Homer. Yeah, name.
3: It's great.
0: That's it's an old timer name. I haven't heard that name in a long time.
3: I know. <laughs> and of course, Lucas loves the Simpsons. So Homer it is. And he just looks like a Homer. Like and, and Chad loves baseball. So Homer, it just tied in perfect to the whole thing. So Homer is my new six week old best. And I'm completely obsessed with Thank him. King I cute. love him. I can't so wait to see him much. next week. Oh my, I got him in time for you to come. I've never
0: seen a Basset Hound puppy either, so that'd be
3: fun. You know why? Because you can't take him anywhere because they sleep 22 hours a day. (laughs) I told Chad, I'm like, I need a Bjorn. Like, I need a baby Bjorn so I can wear him on my chest. (laughs) Because, like, he just, they sleep. I I was like, is he sick? So we were Googling, like, how much do baby Basset Hounds sleep? And they sleep between 18, 16, and 18 hours a day, potentially up to 22.
0: He's apparently the 22.
3: Yeah, he is in the 22 red. Like, uh, you'll be like, okay, let's go potty. And you put him in the it's grass. He's better than
0: all those animals that get you up in the middle of the night. So, oh, yeah,
3: I know he sleeps through the night. I mean, it sounds like I'm have a baby. I'm it like, doesn't. he sleeps through the night. He's getting potty drained. Um, yeah, no, oh my God. I could just keep going. Stop me because he's so freaking cute. And he again, is cute.
0: I will give you, he's cute. And I, I still am amazed that Chad let you do this.
3: I didn't let me. It was his idea. <laughs> hey, I'm like, I'm like, are you cheating on me? Like, <laughs> You know, that's fr- my mind
0: went to golf yours went to cheating
3: <laughs> like why did you do this what are you hiding <laughs> it's that's like if a man randomly brings home flowers he did something
0: <laughs> that's right I yeah know i
3: just brought him to you because i love you you're lying you're... <laughs> and by the way i had a dream about you where you cheated on me now you bring me a puppy
0: obviously you're cheating.
3: <laughs> no, I, I mean, yeah, it's just shocking. But he's really cute, and Chad loves him, and and Lucas is obsessed. And if
0: and, if they want to see a million more pictures, I just see him flyover farm Facebook page. I posted them him. on
3: yeah the flyover farm <laughs> yeah. uh, Jamie Jennings Facebook page, and I actually didn't even mean to. I meant I thought I was posting on my regular one, and it went out on that page, and it has like three hundred and fifty
0: likes. Well, of course, <laughs> so, it's <laughs> cute as a ticket.
3: That's my fa- all these horses I trained yeah, some amazing stuff that I do twelve <laughs> likes. Now,
0: <laughs> puppy. Because nobody else has everybody. seen a, a baby basset hound either. <laughs>
3: no, nobody sees them. And this is because you literally can't take them anywhere. First of all, you can't put a collar and a leash on them. Geez. And then they just lay down <laughs> I didn't think if you about try to that. lead them. Yeah. I've never, I, I saw one baby basset hound at Rolex and the chick was like carrying it around everywhere. And so you can even pet it. I was like, oh my God, it's a puppy. Bye. So. <laughs> Yeah, there's a reason you don't see them often, because they don't want to leave the house, because they're exhausted from sleeping so much.
0: <laughs> well, probably at the World Equestrian Center, they have a Basset Hound show. Uh, they have every other dog show there, apparently. I was
3: informed <laughs> that he's not guaranteed to be show quality. Oh. And they were like, if you want the breeding rights, you have to pay this much. I was like, no,
0: dude, he's neutered and like...
3: As, soon as the day they allow him to be neutered, <laughs> he'd be neutered. Like, we don't need, I don't know, it's okay. <laughs> it's
0: like, yeah, showing Bassets. I don't see you at a Basset Hound show. Come uh, on,
3: buddy. <laughs> I just love those Basset Hound videos that people have yes. where they're doing agility. We have some listeners
0: that show Bassets, too.
3: Oh, God, yeah. it makes me so happy.
0: Well, right <laughs> now at the World Equestrian Center, they're having a Doberman show. That's right. Can you imagine Whoa. a thousand Dobermans in one place? That's the
3: only dog I've been attacked by is a Doberman. Uh, yeah,
0: they, you know, and they have a job, you know, they know their job and... uh that's one of their jobs. But it's I've never funny. been to a Doberman show, nor He's do I want to.
3: super nice. Come on up and pet him. <laughs> yeah, then I went to the hospital. There you Fine. go. <laughs> Good times. But these, I'm sure, are really well-trained. They're really right.
0: re- well-trained. I'm not going to watch they're that They're not
3: one. tied outside the trailer that I used to walk by to go to school.
0: <laughs> so, uh, Ariat's been announced that they're doing a horse expo. They're sponsoring a horse expo that's going to happen October 7th through the 9th. Oh, and...
3: God. Are you serious? Yes. I want to go to that. Well,
0: you need to come because you need to see it anyway. But And all. Also, uh, in the next couple of weeks, we're having the person who's who's doing the Horse Expo at the World Equestrian Center in October is going to be on to talk all about it. So uh, they're going to have vendors, all kinds of shopping. Uh, An also...
3: all-equine industry trade show? Yes. How do I not have my tickets for that already?
0: You need to come here and do oh that. Oh, my God. That'd be so cool. Uh, and they're doing it during the championship show, which is a big quarter horse show. Plus, they have jumping going on all the time there. So all of these things would be happening at the same time, and it's something you should put on your schedule for October 7th through the 9th. Uh, You know, that's not too early to start shopping for Christmas. uh, So you can find out all the details. Go to worldequestriancenter.com. That's worldequestriancenter.com. Hey, a couple quick things before we get to our guest. Uh, you, you were a big fan of Heartland. I don't know if you're all caught up or not. <laughs> but,
3: well, you know, I, I did. There was a new season that came out. And everybody was like, oh, my God, this is the saddest thing ever. This episode. Oh, my God, it. I cried so hard. And so I haven't watched it. <laughs> I, I quit watching it. It's like, if Grandpa Jack dies, I am never wa- – like, what? I t- and I don't know what happened, but it was sad and apparently sad enough for 50 billion people to post, I post it. I don't post it in the
0: auditor room. We don't need spoilers here, so – Oh, let's not no, d-
3: d- you can spoil it for me. I don't care because I am i can't do it. I, I, <laughs> well, I, I cry we, enough in real life.
0: I think probably, what, half our listeners watch that show. And we had Amber Marshall on the so show, good. on our I, show. And I just love her. Everything, we had everything her on. about the Who show. Who else did we have on? We had on the director or somebody like that.
3: The, I think the writer the came writer. on and then That's we right. had
0: Amber on. Yeah, so it's the writer you probably should take take up the sadness with. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, Amber Marshall just opened a store, uh, a Marshall's Country Store. It's located in Alberta. Um, And they said it radiates Amber's style inside and out. It offers a variety of products that uh, Amber has picked out herself, clothing, accessories, children's books, a variety of locally sourced items. Um, And uh, apparently in the grand opening they did in July, Amber was there with a with several of her castmates, and they did signatures all day long, and a, quite a crowd showed up. Uh, and, you know, they're hoping that it helps bring tourism to that part of the country, and I'm sure it will. Um, so, yeah, but the other thing, the re- one of the reasons I'm mentioning this, for all of you fans out there, is they also opened an online store. It's called MarshallsCountryStore.com, where you can get the same stuff. So if you can't make it to Alberta and you're a big fan, go to com, and you can check out all of Amber's merchandise. Apparently, she also has a lot of her, her, her own Heartland merchandise.
3: Well, so. and you skipped over the most important part, which is, yes, she was signing autographs. And what you tossed away as some of the cast mm-hmm. was with her, mm-hmm. um, it was Ty and Caleb. Okay. And they're like amazing. So Caleb and Ty.
0: So there you go. Also, um, there was this interesting study. Uh, you know how we throw out most studies. Well, I, found, I actually found this one kind of interesting. It was done by Preview, which we learned a little bit about last week. And they did a case study. And what they wanted to check out was how equitable are show jumping shows for men and women. And they also wanted to see how do women and men compare as far as winning show jumping shows. So they took a look at 3,000 of them in the United States and 3,000 of them in Europe. And they also wanted to see was there a difference between shows in the United States and Europe as far as the equity between men and women. And they took a look at three-star level and above. So this is the upper-level shows. and. What they found in the U.S. was that both male and female athletes average a little more than a rail each time they enter the ring. So they each average just a little bit more than one rail. and But they were about equal. They also found out that as far as finishes were concerned, it was equal between men and women. So uh, – Men and women do equally in show jumping, is what this study found in the United States. In Europe, men and women average same, similar scores. Uh, men or women actually produced a slightly better fault than men. However, the lar- there was a larger gap in the finish position. Men competing in Europe average a finish position uh, higher than women. And what that led them to believe that women are riding with the same degree of accuracy because the fault, the, you know, the number of rails they drop is about the same, but men in Europe ride slightly faster. So. It was interesting to see that they're still about the same, though. And what they said is as level of competition increases, the difference between male and female performance decreases. In other words, the numbers affirm that talent supersedes gender in the show jumping sport. Now, I think we probably could have guessed that, but it was interesting to see it in numbers. Because sometimes we hear about – you hear about men – I don't know. It seems like I hear men more than women. But even in dressage, when you take a look at the finishers uh, over there over the weekend at the World Championships, there's many if not more women than men. So I think I would like to see if they did this same study 30 years ago, would it have been different? And I bet it would have been dominated by men. I could yeah, be absolutely. Wrong, but... Eventing
3: would be one I'd be interested to see, too, because I feel like and, and I'm probably, you know, people are going to get mad. But I I feel like there's more women that event. But always on the team, there's three guys and one female, you know, right. like,
0: right. Just, I agree.
3: It, just, I... it doesn't seem fair
0: uh, yet. I don't know what the study show. You know, I don't know. Um, And, you know, is eventing different than dressage different than show jumping? Uh, you know, again, I don't know. So it's interesting. I hope they do do the other sports. And if they do, I will let you know. But I I just found that fascinating. All right. Coming up, it's ironic that we are talking about this today because on Friday's show, I talked about how there are 300 vineyards in France that are starting to use horses again for the work between the vines, for weeding and for you know taking the crops in and for doing the work there at the vineyards in France. And then Jennifer had booked this guest just – unbeknownst to me, and it's also about horses doing work. And I'm going to play the trailer for you. The, it, uh, the film is actually called Somehow Hopeful, The Story of a Woodsman. Uh, I'm going to play the trailer for you because uh, I think it gives you the feel for what it is, and then we're going to talk to the director of the film. The
1: horses are a power source that allow for surgical manipulation of an intense ecosystem. And that's exactly what the forest is. As an occupation, on a deaths per capita basis, logging is the second most dangerous work in the world. We have to keep these truly renewable and truly sustainable practices as an instrument that remains in the toolbox of human survival into the future. One of the most endearing characteristics of the Suffolk is their, their quality of heart. They will try as hard as they can for you over and over just for the asking.
2: I don't use the horses because of the traditional aspect of it. I use them because they're the best. They're the most superior technique we've got to not damage the woods.
1: The day will come very rapidly where the forest is seen to be more valuable for the ecological services that it's providing than the wood. Because as a great hydrologist told me many years ago, the most valuable product to come out of any forest is the water, not the trees. And because the forest has the greatest influence on mitigating the impact of human presence in purifying and filtering the water. People have become disconnected from nature. We are not separate. Our technology and, and our knowledge doesn't separate.
3: There's a bigotry
0: that that the human race carries, and that is if an ideology or if a way of accomplishing a thing is new, it by virtue of its newness, must be better.
2: I am able to do something that's low carbon emission. I use animals that are lovely to be around. The work I'm going to be doing is the best work I can think of. In my opinion, we're definitely at a critical moment that the work we do today will greatly affect tomorrow.
1: A USDA expert said that it was an anachronism. And I didn't know exactly what that meant for a while, so I looked it up. It was somebody that was out of time with the present. And I, I had, it came to me almost as an epiphany one day sitting in the woods, that he was right. I was out of time with the present. It was because I'm in the future.
0: So so that's interesting, and I want to talk to him to find out why he decided to do this. Um, it is one thing that we did with our draft horses when we had our 100-acre farm. We had quite a bit of woods, and as the trees would come down and we'd use them for firewood, we would use the pertrons to drag the trees out of the woods because they fit. The tractors didn't fit. Uh, so, so that's one of the reasons that we used them. So let's get Jerry McNutt on. He, he is the director of the film, Somehow Hopeful, The Story of a Woodsman. Well, hi, Jerry. Thanks for joining us this morning.
2: You bet. I'm happy to be here.
0: I had percherons years ago, and the one thing we did with the percherons that actually put them to work was helping take uh, logs out of the woods. So, oh, very good. So when I saw this uh, documentary that you did, this film that you did, I, it brought back so many memories. Uh, so thank you for for that, by the way. So why did you decide to do a documentary about these particular people, these woodsmen?
2: Well, it it actually goes back to one of my first assignments uh, about 20 years ago, to be honest. There was a documentary called uh, In the Company of Horses. Yeah. And in that documentary, oh, you're familiar with it. Yeah. One of my first directing assignments was with Jason Rutledge. We had found him, and it was just going to be a very small segment. Um, and being from Arkansas and being transplanted to LA, I didn't realize how much I had missed that environment of just being in, in a forest, in a wooded area, uh, which was part of it. When I met Jason, I was so taken with his, his commitment, um, and the knowledge that he had amassed over the years and, and, uh, the way he was using the horses to be productive and, and sustainable on his own. I was really struck by all that because that was, one of the things that was most important to me growing up, I wanted to be involved in some type of environmental messaging. And I'd kind of gotten lost from that and meeting Jason just really, it resonated with me. And so we stayed in touch and over the next 12 to 15 years, we began kind of uh, an uptick in our communications. And I just thought there's, I know there's so much more to this story than we were able to fit in on that um, original documentary And so I went back with the intent to shoot maybe like a pilot for a TV series. Um, And then I thought, I I don't want to do that to this man. (laughs) He doesn't look like the
0: kind that would put up with that crap. (laughs) (laughs) And
2: and I just, you know, I had done a lot of that kind of TV and uh, I I knew the the grind and the rigors involved. And I just thought, well, that's not the story. And I, I went back again a second time. And the whole time I'm going, I'm capturing more content and I'm meeting just amazing people. And I really, really mean that. Not only is Jason an impressive person with his knowledge and his work with the horse and uh, just understanding the language of the animal and and the language of of nature as well, but every single person I met, and these weren't like hand-picked people to put in front of me so that I would happen upon someone. They just happened to be there. So if if you see the documentary, there's a guy named Robbie Robertson. He just happened to be there that day picking up his Suffolk punch horses that he was gonna use on his own farm, uh, cause he was moving away from uh, mechanized um, power source to horses. Um, and he was such an amazing spokesperson for what he was doing, what he was involved in. Everyone was so intelligent, and, and I really mean this, they were poetic. When I spoke to them, I just found myself just listening to them, because they were all so observant in, in what they do.
0: Where, where, and, where was this? Where is Jason at?
2: Jason is in Floyd, Virginia, Floyd County, Virginia. Okay. Um, and so it's, it's a, you know, it's one, one thing it's known for is Floyd fest, which is an, uh, an annual music festival. Uh, and the people are like that. There, there's a, there's a poetry and a music to them and the and kindness. And, um, it was, it's really a special place. Um, I have to say, like, I, I could sit here and name, I could spend the rest of this time just talking about the amazing people I met um, but going back to your original question, I knew there was something more to this and I knew that it was something that would resonate with not just horse people, which I think it obviously does, but even beyond that, because even, you know, I don't, I don't have a horse. I live in Los Angeles and it'd be very difficult for me to do, but to know there's, can you think of a more iconic American image than the horse? Um, it's what a lot of our identity is built around. Um, And when you look at that as a partner for mankind over millennia, uh, you know, it's easy to see why that that horses are so important to us.
0: It's interesting, too, because we just had a we did a new segment on Friday and we talked about how the vineyards there's 300 of them now in France are using horses instead of tractors. So, oh, wow. In France, they're really taking the you know going back to the horses uh, for for work. So I think you know that I'm, I'm happy to. St- so when you came on today, I was so happy to see that he uses a breed called the Suffolk Punch, which uh, is an unusual breed to be using. Usually here in America, it's Percherons or or Clydesdales or something like that, or you know Belgians. But why did he end up with the Suffolk Punch? Do you know?
2: Uh, Yeah. It's, it's, it's a pretty incredible story. In fact, I'll I'll keep it as as short as I can, but he, it's, there's a magic to even this story when he was in the Navy before he was really working in horses, he was stationed in the UK and he rented a motorcycle one weekend and went for a ride, got lost, uh, was turning around in a small village, looked down this lane and he saw this boy walking a horse and he'd never seen the horse before. And he was talking to the boy and the boy told him it was a Suffolk punch and he it was like, wow, I'd never heard of such an animal before. And it was kind of a unique, um, frame to the horse. It was, it was large and sturdy, but not, you know, gigantic. Um, and then flash forward to things like almost 12 years later, his mom gave him a coffee table book for Christmas. And as he's flipping through it, he sees a horse that looks like that horse he had seen a decade and a half ago. And there was an address. So he emailed or not, you know, he writes the guy a letter And the guy confirms that that was the horse that he saw. But the guy also says, I don't know if you're aware of this, but I'm a member of the American Suffolk Punch Society, and I see that you own two Suffolk Punch horses, which Jason did, but through some other accident that they came to him. And the guy said, the horses that you have, uh, one of those horses is a daughter of the first horse that he ever saw in the UK. Oh, wow. That kind of, uh poetry to his life which it really had an impact on him that that came back full circle uh, but the reason he uses them is it's one of the few draft horses that was never used for war or anything else they were just used for farming so in the whole history of that horse they were they were bred specifically for uh, that kind of farm use whether it be uh you know in a garden or in the woods or whatever so they have a, a really great history of being um, easy to work with, of being efficient, and their, their body frame is set a little lower, so they don't have to take as big of a step to get the forward energy going, uh, and that's really why he enjoyed them, but he came to, to love the horse so much that that's exclusively what he uses, and he doesn't just promote that horse. He's all about any kind of animal power, but he really is fond of, of that horse, which I, I am too, once you've been around them. They're, it's a really gentle, gentle horse.
0: Yeah, and they tend to be shorter and stockier, more more right, right. more powerful. Whereas you nowadays, they're breeding for the Percherons and, and even some of the others for height, and they're just they're huge.
2: <laughs> yeah, and and you know, and there was another guy I met who he likes them because the affordability. You know, a lot of your medicine is based on how much the horse weighs, right? So uh, for him, like that was it was a good horse because it's it's all the power you need. Uh, versus, you know, getting something that's no knock on the larger horses, but every job wouldn't reply or uh, require the largest animal available, right? Right. And so there was an efficiency to that for, for some people, I suppose.
0: Oh, you mean just putting the harness on? I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's,
2: you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If, you're, if you're a one-man <laughs> operation, yeah. I can't even imagine trying to get a, a harness on a Percheron. So—
0: are, we, are you in that area, you know, of the Appalachian Mountains there, are are you seeing or did you find that there were more people starting to use horses? You found the one guy there in, in the trailer that talks about it. But it, is it a trend like it is in, in France, you know, over there at the vineyards?
2: I, I think it is. And I know that, that Jason and others, uh, you know, Jason's been promoting it his entire life. And people just find him. And even in the documentary, there are a couple of people that just – him, And they show up at his farm and they're like, cause it, it strikes a chord with so many people, this, this type of work. And they, they'll just say, Hey, can I come work with you for a while? And he has since developed, uh, what he calls, uh, it's a biological woodsman program. So people are trained how to behave in the woods, how to read, which trees are right to come down. And along with that is obviously the horsemanship. Um, so uh, there are a lot more people, uh, than you would imagine uh, that are doing it. And it does seem to be growing. And it's not just with the Suffolk punch, but as animal power, it's you know, look at what's happened in the last couple of months with gas prices, then that's really unpredictable. And for people who are kind of working on the fringe of their own budget, something like, you know, another $3 a gallon can be devastating. Um, and, you know, as Jason always says, horses repair themselves Uh, They replace themselves. They operate largely on, Jason likes to say, uh, solar fuel by means of, uh, uh, you know, sunlight raising grain and all of those kind of things. Uh, But it's a very it's not as fast as mechanized work, but it is very efficient Uh, and you don't have to go into a lot of debt to get started. And I think a lot of people are seeing that.
3: I would like to. I would like to touch on real quick. Just ask you to ask Jason if he could tell me how horses repair themselves, so I can have that magic. That, to get, so you could
0: reduce your vet
2: bill. To,
3: to get my that. Yeah, reduce my vet bill. It'd be
2: great. Yeah, I don't know that it's. Uh, I don't know that it's. Uh, it's uh, every injury that pops up. Darn it. But, uh,
3: Like, there's a potion for that.
2: Just drink this. Yeah. (laughs) You know,
0: I think we're seeing a lot. Well, we have. We've talked about we've had people on the show. We're seeing a lot more organic farms that are starting to use horses instead of tractors again, too. Um, Yeah.
2: And and I think that that's something that uh, even on the consumer side, people are becoming more and more aware of all the time.
0: So I'm asking a question this year of everybody. What's surprising? you knew what you were getting into because you had, you knew him from before. So you kind of knew what you were getting into when you went there to film, but what surprised you the most after you were there?
2: Um, Hmm. That's an interesting question. Um, I I think that the pure dedication of Jason and people like Jason, they're doing this because they know it's the right way to do it. They're not doing it because they can't afford anything else. They're doing it because they believe it is the best way to do something. And that takes a lot of commitment in in a world that has kind of been shaped to kind of force us to go into debt to do things. So, like, if you want to be a a logger, you're going to get a quarter of a million dollars of equipment almost instantly to be able to perform your job. Their commitment to making a forest not just sustainable but restorative to build back up our natural resources at the price of staying out of debt but also knowing they're not going to become rich doing it um, is fascinating to me we don't see that kind of dedication towards doing what's right that often anymore and i saw that in every single person uh, that i met um, in, in the in the documentary and i was really taken by that
0: You're right. I mean, you know, they could bring equipment in that can take down the tree, strip the tree, and do everything else in one shot. You know, it takes seconds.
2: That's right. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. There's also a price to be paid for that, too, because you go in, you're disturbing the topsoil, and we're only, you know, most people aren't even aware of how fragile that is. That that three to six inches of soil, uh, once that is washed away because of, you know, large machines coming in and it washes away and causes erosion, it doesn't come back for— hundreds and hundreds of years, unless you replace it yourself, which most don't when they go into a forest. Um, so that commitment to doing something right is, is really noble.
0: Well, where can people see it if they want to see the documentary? It's called Somehow Hopeful, The Story of a Woodsman.
2: Yes, you can go to somehowhopeful.com, um, and then there's a link there that'll take you to purchasing it. And, and very soon it'll be available in uh, much wider audiences. But for right now, you, you go to that link, and it'll take you to uh, Vimeo, where it's where it's uh, streaming on Vimeo. But the easiest way is to go to somehowhopeful.com. Are,
0: and do, do you have any other horse projects in the works?
2: I've got a couple that I have I shot a sizzle reel a while back that is uh, about a horse race that I'm looking at. Um, and I'm absolutely open to other things because I've realized it's, it's a world with not just untold stories, but there's such a great connection between the people and the horse and you know in working in television in the past a lot of production companies that I would pitch to would say horses are too boring and I I did I never accepted that but I I realized that you if you focus on just an animal and you're putting a microphone up to their mouth well yeah that's not going to be great TV <laughs> but if you if you focus through the people that are involved in horses they're really extraordinary people and I mean I don't just mean the horse loggers but horse people in general. Well,
0: that's why we've been because, doing this show for 12 years.
2: Yeah, right? the, the <laughs> way, if you're going to be successful with a horse, you're not an aggressive person. You're not a loud mouth, typically speaking. You're someone that is that is understanding and observant. Um, and I think that people, I think there's an audience for that. I think there's a need to, to share in that. And one of the things I'm most happy with, with Somehow Hopeful, is just the feeling you get watching it. I like knowing that People like Jason are out there. It makes me feel good to know that there are people out there in a world that's full of chaos sometimes, or it feels overwhelming, to know that those people are out there moving at that pace, doing what they do because it's right, um, is, it does fill you with hope to know that they're there.
0: Do you like wine? Do no,
2: I like wine.
0: Yeah because I think yeah. a trip to <laughs> France is in your future now.
2: Boy, that's an excellent idea.
0: <laughs> I think you could drink your way through the 300 wineries over there and cover the horses. You could do both. I was I,
3: wondering I, where I, you were going with that,
0: man. I was like... Well, this... he, he, was,
2: he was going somewhere amazing with yeah. that. He
0: <laughs> Just helping you out with story ideas here.
2: Well, you did it. That one, you knocked that right out of the park.
0: <laughs> and oh, by the way, there's two hosts of a show that would be happy to go along and help you cover that one. Yeah, so. I- I'm happy to ride from vineyard to vineyard.
2: <laughs> and just think, you won't get in trouble riding your horse while drinking wine. No, Amen. that's right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I do carriages, so I can take you along, too. You don't have to ride. We'll be good. Perfect. All right. I think the three of us, that would be a, that would be an entertaining documentary. Uh,
2: I'm loving it already. <laughs>
0: <Amen>. <laughs> Thank you, Jerry. We really appreciate it. It's somehowhopeful.com. It's, it's,
2: it's, yes. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much.
0: All right. Cut there. Good job. That was fun.
2: Well, thank you. And if you, if you guys ever want, uh, if you would like to get in touch with Jason to interview him, he would, I'm sure he'd be wonderful for your show. And any of those other guys, if you want to uh, contact them, just let me know. I'd be happy to set you up.
0: All right, probably we'll do that. So I'll I'll I'll, okay. I'll have Jennifer get back in touch.
2: You bet. Well, thank. You. I really will have his people smartphone. call your people. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> my, my people will answer the phone exactly right. the way I did. And when you're going
0: to France, <laughs> we can make that happen. So let us know. Right. Yes. <laughs> let it
3: go, Glenn.
0: Let it go. <laughs> See you, Jerry. Thanks,
3: Jerry. Right. Take care, guys. Attention, horse owners, are you looking to help your horse recover with ease after a strenuous workout? Would you like to nourish your horse and their digestive system? If so, try the new Purina Replenimash product. It's much more than a mash. Replenimash promotes hydration, replenishes electrolytes, and supports gastric comfort. Put Purina's research to the test. Stop into your local Purina retailer and grab a bag of Purina Replenimash product.
1: It's time for the weekly look at your equestrian first world problems. This ought to be good.
3: Well, it's sad. Everybody has such humongous problems when it comes to owning horses and in life is hard and everything is hard. So um, on Sundays, I usually go on to the Facebook page of the auditor group on Facebook and uh, I I just asked people what happened to you this week. And these are actual submissions by actual listeners to this podcast. I did not make these up. You, po- you can't possibly make all these up. And uh, I just want to appreciate everybody who uh, repeatedly shares with us their tales of trepidation and woe. Um, so uh, if you want to be involved in this, Glenn, how do they become an auditor to to submit
0: just go to Network.com, click on the auditor banner on the right side of the page.
3: Simple and easy. Uh, simple and easy. Well, hey, we're going to start with Diane. Diane, she said, we found a lovely five-acre plot of land where we can move to with our horses, but now we're having to wait to see if we get approved. Does that sound familiar,
0: Glenn? Yes, it does. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Just, uh, how's it going, buddy? Just waiting on the approval.
0: Yeah.
3: Any news? Still waiting on the The approval.
0: approval. (laughs) I think we did that for about a year, didn't we? (laughs) Uh,
3: No, no, Diane, it took minutes. It'll be any minute. Um, Laura said Chewy stopped selling the fly mask I like. So I had to order it from two different websites to get two different colors so I don't confuse who's who. Yeah, I made the mistake of buying blankets on clearance, and now all my horses have navy blue blankets, and they're all different sizes.
0: That's fun. Yeah.
3: All right, and then you have to pay shipping on both. That sucks. Kayla says, I'm bringing my horse out of retirement. Yay, but I sold literally everything except for like some polos and saddle pads. And so now I have to buy all that stuff all over again, and that's kind of fun, right? Oh, my God, I'm going to be so broke. (laughs) (laughs) Alyssa says, I spoke with multiple professionals to create the perfect new forage diet for my mare. But now she's being a princess about the powdered portion and leaving all the expensive minerals and supplements untouched. How (laughs) dare her? I mean, for real, like it's like you just left you just left seventy five dollars in your bucket. Jerk. Uh, Celeste says, my new property is in a great area to have access to top-level event riders. But I can't decide if I want to, like, send my horses to their farms for training or have them come do training rides at my farm. You
0: just made a lot of people mad with that one.
3: Shut up, <laughs> Uh, Laura says my farrier who is also a good friend is moving this fall and she found someone to take over her clients and he's young and cute and funny and built, but I'm going to miss my friend. and built. <laughs> yeah. So just, just the update of the farrier world, my farrier, who's amazing. She had a baby and it's now three months. And so I messaged her and I was like, how's it
0: going?
3: You know, cause I've been like having to have fill-ins. How's it going? She's like, Oh, it's so great. I love being a mom.
0: That was it. So <laughs> are you coming back? What's going on? You know, like, the baby. Whole thing.
3: Like, I don't want to be like, uh, can you please get back to work now? And I was like, mm, well, my horses are at the end of the cycle and the person you gave me to fill in is not like available for a couple weeks. So do you have any other suggestions? And so she sent me another name and number. <laughs> so it's bonus. I had him out this past week and he did a great job and he is young and cute and funny and built.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> like how she added is, that at the end.
3: <laughs> which is not at all what I look for in a farrier. I want a chick. Okay. I want a woman. But this guy actually was really nice and he's engaged and he's like, I'm glad for punishment. I'm engaged to a barrel racer. So <laughs> or his girlfriend's a barrel racer, I think. Anyway. Um Margaret says, I wanted to ride today, but would have to go early in the morning to beat the heat and my boys had an appointment to get their massages and she could only come in the morning so I didn't even get to ride <sighs> and then she has pictures of her horses getting massages and it just makes my shoulders ache uh, Kelly said my horse dude finally got his bandage off and he's completely cleared for work three hours before I left for a three day weekend at the beach <laughs> <laughs> i full of choices. Jenna says, my birthday present to myself arrived. A pretty new bridle for my horse. It's so pretty, but it's, like, too pretty to use every day. So, like, I only had to try it on, enough to put it away, and I can only wear it at shows. <laughs> Life is short. Use the bridle.
0: Yeah. You know, we all have that, right? You get new sneakers or new shoes, and you don't want to wear them everywhere. And then in another three weeks, you're wearing them at the barn.
3: I mean, you might as well. I I have a helmet that I was like, I'm only going to wear this to shows. And I haven't shown in like two years. So can you guys hear the puppy?
0: Was that the puppy? I wasn't sure if that was Lucas or the puppy. They sound the same.
3: (laughs) He's crying because he (laughs) loves me.
0: He's away from you and he loves you so much.
3: Uh huh. Yeah. Um, You go with that, okay? Hey, Lucas, you want to bring me the puppy? We'll put them on the podcast. (laughs) Uh, Elizabeth says, I am definitely elated from coaching my student to a three-phase win over the weekend. Yay! But now I have to get back to my day job because clients, like, want their architectural plans finished. And I just want to (laughs) ride!
0: Those darn people with their houses built.
3: (laughs) Those darn people that have those, like, things, you know. Um, Ursita said, my new horse... By the way, she might be the
0: first architect we've ever heard of that listens. We've had a lot of doctors, but that might be the first architect.
3: Hey, hey somebody's got a big brain. In your us. House? <laughs> My new horse arrived late last week in the storm, and I have to work today, so I can't enjoy getting to know him until I get home. And it's pouring down rain, which we like totally need, but it's so cute and it's raining. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did you see Las Vegas had rain, like serious rain?
3: Oh my god, I'm jealous.
0: They had oh, so they direct. had flooding rain. It was that bad. They had enough rain. They said in a couple hours of what they usually get in a year. So yeah.
3: Hold on, I got the puppy.
0: Oh, you got the puppy. Let
3: too. I got the puppy. Okay, now I'm doing the rest of the podcast. Don't have the puppy, puppy talk. Speak. Speak.
0: Not yes, hearing anything.
3: Like so basic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. They talk man, when I you know. don't
0: want you to. Well, when you don't want them to talk.
3: Well, he's, he's more than happy to just sit in my lap, so it's fine. Um, let's see. Nicole says, I got to ride every day this weekend, but now my, like, awkward equestrian farmer's town tan is even more pronounced. <laughs> you know what's weirder than um a horse chick's tan? A golfer. Okay. So Chad ha- wears these shoes with, like, ankle socks, so from his, like— ankle bone up to above right around his knee is like black and then the rest of his leg is white all the way up until you get to his arms and his arms are black just like ours would be take the shirt off but his neck is like
0: cooked yeah
3: cooked <laughs> yeah. like anywhere he where he's, promises he wears sunscreen i'm like dude this is pathetic <laughs> um it's it's and, and you see somebody walking around in, in the dark naked. It looks like they're like have no arms, and no neck, <laughs> <laughs> no feet. Um, let's see. Melanie says I'm changing jobs and my new job gives me a lot more flexibility to ride, but I'm still stuck in my current job for three more weeks. Ew. Um, okay. Two more. Let's see. Core. Courtney says, I'm taking a bunch of courses to switch careers so I can, like, make more money and have more flexibility to ride. But because I'm doing all the stupid courses, I don't have time to, have to ride right now.
0: <laughs> that is a problem. And those courses seem to last forever.
3: All right, and i love to announce a winner every every week in which you'll be getting a check in the mail from Glenn for $1 million. Congratulations, Carrie. She said, I had a great ride despite the heat. And then I went to take a big drink of water, and my insulated water bottle kept it so cold, I got brain
0: freeze.
2: (laughs) (laughs)
3: Aww. Thank you for your equestrian first work problems. Again, you can be a part of it. Just become an auditor. And uh, that's all I got. I got a cute puppy in my lap. I've lost all ability to talk anymore.
0: I just wanted to correct something from Friday. So I, I got a couple of people that are regular oh. contributors to really bad ads. And they were concerned... I heard from several, actually. They were concerned when you said that the kids are going to get one bazillion entries for really bad ads. (laughs)
3: That was a joke, people.
0: It was a joke. Jamie was joking. They get the same number of entries as everybody else. But I will say the reason she joked about that is Friday we needed to hear those kids. (laughs) We were having having rough mornings, and it just made our day. So uh, it is a joke. Keep submitting your ads. You're not going to be outdone by the children. So I'm just no,
3: saying, it's yeah, fine. Yeah. The, all good. the same rules apply. Just <laughs> yes. do an accent when <laughs> you send it in. Yes.
0: Same rules apply. So I just wanted to clarify that. Keep sending your ads in. Uh, we, we do have, what, almost $400 in prizes this month. So get your ads in today. Although the children were cute. It was fun. <laughs> we enjoyed Glenn's hearing them. Be,
3: they're, they're in Canada, so they can't even win the prizes. <laughs> so
0: so <laughs> you, you all have hope. So I got in the post show. I have something to talk about. Uh, something I hadn't done in a long time. I did over the weekend. So we're going to talk and involve the horse. We're going to do that in the post show.
3: All right, everybody, have a great day. Spade, Neuter, gel